0: The Jen, Gabe, and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today.
1: Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. So tomorrow
0: morning, I am leaving on a 545 out of Milwaukee to go to Atlanta. It is scheduled to land at 8 53 a.m. And then I'm trying to make a flight to Cabo at 9:03. 03.
2: <laughs> w- why?
3: Flight's been canceled? Everything in the JFK is booked. Uh, no, wait, I have two seats into LaGuardia, but they're not together. It's boarding right now. We'll take
0: them. Uh, so you're putting the chances of me making that 903 at zero? Now it's not, not zero, it's well, slim to none. It's. <sighs> We're not
4: going to sit together? Well, so what? It's not that long.
3: You'll read.
0: Well, what about George? He's supposed to pick us up at Kennedy. We'll call him. There's no
3: time. No time? Is there time? There's no time. There's no time. All right, we'll call him on the Do You
0: think that I should call Delta and ask for a VIP pickup at the gate? See, I've had that before.
1: This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue. With Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamara, here's
0: Jen Lattax. A couple of things to clean up from that story from Jen yesterday. First of all, well, obviously, she's not here. She is desperately hoping that her plane lands in about a half hour. She's got no chance. That is Homer, who is our cousin sub of the day. Chewy's out in Vegas. Jen's trying to get to Cabo, which we'll get to more Cabo in just a little bit. But...
4: Because
1: yeah. if she can pull it off, I'm changing my approach. They won't let you. I, I asked you this just a second ago. Yeah. They won't let you book that that uh, connection.
0: So she yes, because when she tried to book like a flight to Cabo, like it was not an option for her because you know there's no direct Milwaukee to Cabo, so you have to have a layover somewhere. And as she mentioned, she has status on Delta, so she's going through Delta. So of course they're going to go through the main Delta hub of Atlanta. And she's trying to get on a flight that her friends are on. Earliest, you know, she could get out this morning was five thirty ish, I think. And she's trying to do the the math on when she can land. And like she did so much research on this. She sent us in our group text yesterday the this flight, the one the the one that leaves around five thirty AM every day out of Milwaukee to Atlanta. And the land times wildly inconsistent wildly inconsistent about when it would land in Atlanta. So she, cause she's trying to figure out if she can actually do this as of yesterday afternoon, she had not booked a secondary flight. So she was trying to book this. Uh, I asked her if she wanted to come on the show, if she missed her flight, she did not respond. Um, but, Josh, you had a question surrounding this whole thing. Again, if you happen to miss yesterday's story, you can hear the whole thing and its context, wisconsinondemand.com. But basically, Jen is trying to get to Cabo. She booked two separate flights because there was a flight that technically the doors close on when you can board it five minutes before her flight was scheduled to land. No, it's 15 minutes. Well, yeah, so her, but it is 15 minutes. Right. Her flight was scheduled to land 10 minutes before that next flight took off. I know. So technically... You, you can't do it. Yes. And if you tried to do it,
1: they won't let you do it. So she had to book two separate right. flights. Right, and, and if it works, I'm going to change
0: my approach. But Josh, I- you had a question about Jen's situation.
3: Yeah. am I, Am I allowed to root against this happening? No! You should root for it. What what and I'm not rooting against making her life being worse or her having extra struggle, but to me it's funnier if she misses and then has to come back on the radio here and tell us, "Well, it didn't work, guys," so we can all laugh at it. That's how that's where I stand. I want the content to be at the best level possible. Okay, I mean, <laughs> I want to see if it works because I'm.
1: Then it's a new system that you have to consider. You have no, to know no, what the next no, flight no one, is. No, no, no one should no, ever no,
0: consider no, what no, she no, is doing. Why? Because these look. I understand we like to dunk on airlines and make fun I'm not of them. Dunking like, on like, airlines, like the Well, you also like Spirit as your favorite airline well, no. of
1: choice. I brought that up because you mentioned that she said, "I need a VIP pickup." I go, "What do you mean you need a VIP? What do you? There is such a thing?
3: There is." Uh-huh. Not, when you
0: fly things other than Spirit, yes, it well, okay. turns out there are What's a VIP? Uh, Am I a VIP? Delta has
3: uh, really oh, high levels of... I got it.
1: Okay,
0: basically, different. I I don't think Spirit to Spirit no, have a card. I, no, no well, your, well, if they, they said VIP, they'd go,
1: are you dead? <laughs> <laughs> no. Then you have no VIP.
0: You, yeah, you, they'll they'll they had you someone
1: who had cancer, and they... they, they and they, uh, you know, were dying from cancer and weren't going to make a flight. Sorry. you dead? No. No refund. And people are like, don't they understand that hurting their consumer or their uh, customer service? I go, you don't know spirit. They don't care. Now, in their defense, they're much better now. I strongly advise people to take really? spirit. Oh, well, I mean. Oh, they're.
0: It- in fairness, you were also strongly advising people take, to take spirit when the customer service but, wasn't very but
1: good. I, but you had to understand. They'd yell at you and do nothing for you. <laughs> and now their planes are better there. They're not even close. The toughest now, to me, is Frontier. Frontier, the, the fee of the, plan, the, the the ride is $90. And when you add up all the extras, you're at 312 <laughs> They haven't charged for breathing. <laughs> but that might be next. Air, air is Oh, water, be- they charge for, you don't get water. You don't get anything. And you get a great fare, so yep. if you can just get one. But, but anyway, yes, people, if people hate spirit, they have not flown recently. So to, anyway.
0: To answer your question, Joshy, I, I find that the more I do this, the more I'm rooting, like, not that anything catastrophic happens, right. but even in my own life, if I'm inconvenienced a little bit, but it makes for better content and a good story on the radio... Like, it kind of evens out in the end, you know? Like, yeah, maybe I'm inconvenienced in this moment, but Monday when I come back in and tell the story, like, it's, you know, it, it kind of evens out. So and I think rooting for the content isn't a bad thing. Well, because you wonder
1: what flights then you going to take. Right. She's not making this one. Now what do you do?
0: Now now, I what do you know. do?
3: Where do you go? Right. I, I root from, I'll even go as far as to say, I root against myself at times, as long as it doesn't cost me financially. If it's something small mm. or inconvenient, Yeah, it's funny. Since you're bringing up
1: airlines, I don't understand standby. What exactly is standby? Because I see it now. Sure. Used to be years and years and years and years ago. It was like you could get on and (laughs) change your flight to something else. You know,
0: flying standby. If somebody doesn't show up, somebody doesn't. But but do I have to
1: have a ticket to that flight or can I have a ticket to any flight?
0: No, it's like being – you have to be on a list um, for that specific flight. So you don't have a ticket, but – In the instance that somebody, I don't know, books a flight that they have zero chance of making. Uh So
1: I'm getting to the airport early Mm -hmm. to try to get on this flight. I have another flight. I mean, nobody flies standby or nothing.
3: Yeah, typically that's how it works. You have a different flight, but in the instance you're able to get on the earlier one, you will just wait at that gate. Right, but you got to show up there. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. Go yeah. ahead. Back, back to the story.
0: But yeah, which is the other thing I guess we did not consider when we were talking about this with Jen yesterday was, what if, what if people are trying to fly standby on this flight? At what point do they give her seat away? You know, she hasn't checked in. Her plane hasn't landed. They have no idea where she is. I mean, yeah. at what point is her seat given away if somebody's trying to fly standby? I, I would...
3: Great what, question. What is interesting to me about this is, and maybe I'm alone on this... I would simply not go through this much work just to get on a couple hours earlier flight. Well like again, having to seek out the special arrangements and do and be doing math and hoping and praying that because as we saw, and I don't have the numbers in front of me here, but these flights land like there's a half hour difference in some of them. Oh yeah. So it's mm-hmm. it's just luck based on all sorts of factors if you get there early. Like the weather plays a part here. She can't plan for the weather. You're
0: right, yeah. (laughs) So, it's just a gamble I wouldn't make. Well, and also, when I'm going on vacation, like... Little stress is possible. Yes, correct. (laughs) I want, you know, if I can find the direct, I'm taking the direct. Uh I don't care who it's through. Like, that's just going to be easier for me, for my life. Um, So, yeah, like, she's... But she's just adding extra stress for sports at this point. Yeah. We'll, we'll check in with Jen. We'll see if she makes it. Because the tough part about finding out whether or not she made it, like, I only There's think... There's no
1: way she makes She well, has 0% chance.
0: The only way we find out is if she missed, right? Or maybe she sends a text if she's on there, because... The timeline is so tight. Right, she's no. not going to be able to grab her phone right. and shoot us a text of "Hey, here's the update from the Atlanta airport" as I desperately try to make. Right,
1: this and even if planes get to places early now, they usually don't have a hub, to go, so they just sit on the tarmac. So there's no. The only way she has a chance is if her second flight is delayed an hour or something. She just Which gets lucky. There's,
0: but there's no way because that, that plane has got to already be there. It is there, but
1: you never know. We, we were on a, a Marquette flight where they put a dent in the plane and we had to wait three hours. So anything's possible. What do you mean
0: they put a dent in the so plane?
1: So when you fly charter, they have that you – know, the truck comes with, the, with steps – La- yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Well, somehow, I mean, the yeah, truck they got like that the truck out there with the yeah. steps banged into the bottom of the plane or something. <laughs> so we had a dent, a dent in the plane. They wouldn't let us go, oh. so they wouldn't let us go. Then they were trying to get another plane, and then uh, they finally had to call. What's the international airline? Airbus or what's the the? It's not the just the U.S. one. Not just like whatever the, the international federation is for safety. They had to call them and. They're ready to get another plane, and then for some reason they said it was okay. I went as far as I went back to Tyler Kolick, and I said, Tyler, we need your help. He goes, what? I go, you got an AL. Get us another plane. <laughs> and there's a guy on the team next to him. He goes, ask him. He handles my
0: money. And I go,
1: wow. Then he, then he thinks, he goes, all right, I'm working on a plane, but only I'm going on it. So well, That's fair. We didn't need his. Uh, I've I've really wanted at that some point this year to. I mean, no one knows what players make. To tell them I need a loan. I want. What about my kid? A truck? Can you? Can you give me fifteen grand for uh, thirty days? And I'll pay you two percent.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. Let's say. I bet he'd give you a good rate. I don't know.
1: I, I I I feel like it's a diversion. I don't want to distract them. I'll uh, wait till after as well the as UConn game.
0: Yeah. Especially as well as they're playing. Right. I now. think. I think he would consider it. I think I have a chance. Uh, an update here. Um, so Q <laughs> in Greenfield, um, he says. So this is monitoring planes. A couple of different things. Yes, we have a couple of different people hitting us up in the talk and text lane. Monitoring Jen's flight. Like they are so invested <laughs> yeah. in this. They are sending. You can me do that, Screenshots. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Q Q just sent a screenshot. Don sent a screenshot. Don saying her flight is arriving in ATL twenty minutes early. Q saying um, with the Jen's, you know, Jen's current location, she might make it. Um, and Q also says his wife works for an airline in Milwaukee, uh, and she sci- assigns standby seats about five minutes before doors close. Okay, So that's another thing that gets folded right. into the I want to emphasize the fact that the plane is there. You
1: haven't flown recently if you think that that means she's going to be able yeah. to... Get off the plane.
3: Yeah. So yeah, correct. Uh, I've I've sat on tarmacs after longest times ever, in like the last thirty seat. plus minutes, oh. and you're just sitting there and being like, "Well, I can see where I need to be. I just can't go there." Well,
1: no, and usually the pilot will say, "We're here early, but we got nowhere to go." I mean, I've sat hour. Yeah, it's never.
0: So she is arriving twenty minutes early.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
0: according to Don, meaning the
1: second flight. Do they have an update on that? That's well.
0: Uh, I think the second flight scheduled to take it's still off. still scheduled. Yep. There hasn't
1: been a delay on that one. Correct. You can find out.
0: Meaning she has, at best, 15 minutes right. to
1: get off so the flight. So do you think she'll say something when they're there like, hey, I got to get the next flight. Get me to a gate.
3: I believe she's first seat, first row. Oh, So, so she's going to be yeah, first yeah, off the flight. She'll be, the first, yeah,
0: she'll but, be f- first off that flight. Right. But she has to get here because here's the other problem it's not like she's pulling in and then. Oh, I'm pulling into C twenty two and my next plane C twenty three. She yeah. has to get to the international terminal. Yeah.
1: So Marquette plan Marquette <laughs> years ago we were flying into Chicago or no, I took a separate flight to Chicago and they we're, you know, like on the tarmac, but we're not at the gate. And they said, Well, we're gonna have to do this and and uh, I said, I gotta get off the plane. I got to get off the plane because I to try to get another flight or yeah. a flight, and I got off the plane. There were me and a couple other people. I don't know why that time, and we had to walk to the gate and then get out of the airport. It's the only time they, I've ever been able to leave a plane. You
3: you were walking on like the tarmac. Yes,
1: yes. Huh. We were, yep. I didn't I know, know they why. let you do that. <laughs> well, if it's a small plane, you know, there's you can the, the the right the ladders. Yeah, you walk. You used
3: to walk to some
1: planes. uh-huh. Rather than take the huge gate.
0: Uh, so, I guess the update I, here on Jen is she, she might... She's got a chance. She's got a chance. Yes. The hope is alive. Yes. The the story will be even better.
1: Because we know she's going to try to have him make it so that she can get, get off the plane, right, mm-hmm. to get... I don't know how far away, did they say the...
0: I mean, I don't know how far away the tram is. I don't Correct. know how long the tram ride to the international this is, is in Atlanta. be from there. This is from it Atlanta. It could be a week. Yeah, yes. it's, it's a big
3: airport. Oh, my God. It, it's, isn't it the biggest Yes, I believe America? it is.
0: I believe it's the biggest, the most busiest. But it all depends,
1: to me, on the distance between one... Concourse to another. Yeah. I think Denver's a lot. I mean, the like you oh. can be a you can be a hundred miles away from one gate from one concourse. The, Atlanta seems to me when I've, I mean it's busy, but it's pretty quick there. Yeah, the tram, helps. the tram, works. the tram gets you everywhere. I still say no. What are your predictions?
3: I'm still at no. Yeah, I'm still at no. I think I'm no until her butts in a seat on the next plane.
0: Because <laughs> yeah, again, like it's great that her f- flight is arriving twenty minutes early. Do they have a terminal for that plane to pull up Mm -hmm. into? That's the next question. So again, in order for it to happen, you have to hit these checklists. Number one's been hit. Yeah, you know we're not. We didn't (laughs) got about three more. Yeah, (laughs) still got some ways to go. But the dream is alive. We'll update you that on that as we continue flipping some things around here this morning on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. As Craig Carmazin is scheduled to join us next here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy.
4: It's Friday, and that means it's time to check in with GKB President Craig Karmazin. I am so impressed
2: with, uh, with Jordan Love, you know, and I think, like, Packers fans should feel so
0: good about Jordan Love. Fridays with Mo.
2: I think Rogers never spoke out and was direct, and Giannis should be praised for being clear so that everyone knows, hey, Giannis told the organization what he wanted. Craig Karmazin on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. He's-
0: Before we get to founder and CEO of Good Karma Brands, Craig Karmazin, uh, I do want to answer a couple of questions that have come across on the talk and text line. Because there are people who are concerned about Jen's luggage also making it to the next flight. I assure you. Jen very much is a carry-on-only person, especially, like, this isn't a big trip. I mean, she is going to Cabo, but she lands today, she's going to be gone through Monday, it's just kind of a long weekend, and knowing as of an efficient packer as she can be, because I believe she's kind of bragged about it when, you know, she's doing all these different game day trips, I guarantee you she only has a carry-on. Like, she ain't checking luggage, because here's the thing, if you're checking luggage there's a negative percent chance that that luggage is making it to the next plane when it's this tight. No,
1: there's, there's no way. You can't.
0: Uh, as we welcome in founder and CEO of Good Karma Brands, Craig Carmison. Craig, have you been uh, up on the latest in the travels of one Jen Latta? No, I have not. So she booked a flight. She's going to Cabo for a friend's birthday party this weekend. Uh, she booked a flight that... Delta would not allow her to book as a connection at the same time, so she booked two flights separately because she wants to get on this flight because her friend is on this flight. Then they can get there together. She's arranged for transportation once they arrive. Um, The problem is the initial scheduled landing of the initial flight out of Milwaukee to Atlanta... Um, the doors closed for her second flight five minutes before her current flight lands. Now, she does land 20 minutes early. Have you ever tried to cut anything this close when it comes to travel? Because I know you do travel a lot with GKB.
2: Yeah, I mean, I do stuff like that all the time. And uh, generally it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think the key is not having bags and uh, making sure you have your wins. And so, yeah, I, I respect you. And when you're a traveler like that, it's it's what you do.
0: Is it, though? What do, you, yes. what do you mean, this is what you do? Like, you aren't you just putting undue stress on you and your system by booking no, a flight not, that Delta won't allow not you to stress. book?
2: It's not stress. It gives you the best scenario. And if, if not, you're, from, you're in Atlanta, you're at a hub, you get on the next one. And you set yourself up for the best possible scenario, and it's not actual stress, it's just setting yourself up for the best option and you have backup plans. It's easy.
1: So you've, have you booked a connection ever that you weren't allowed to do because,
2: yeah, I mean, I've done that. I've voluntarily separated from my bags. I've, you know, I've done all the different scenarios that, you know, that, that are like the, I've, I've um, flown into a country with no passport because I've said, you can't restrict me from flying without a passport. You can only, you know, I only need the passport to get back, in, to get into the next country. I don't need a passport to leave this country. So wow. you can't tell me I can't leave. She should you know, have they called can only tell me I Mo. can't come. They, they can't, they can only tell me I wait. can't come in because I don't have my passport. Like, you know, I've, I've gone, I've, I've had almost every scenario over all the travel. Wait,
0: wait. So what did you do? When you then ro- arrived at that country without got, your passport. Somebody sent him his,
1: his passport, and then he had it when he left, right?
0: Yes. So then I go, you know, I walk up to the most
2: important-looking person there, and I'm just like, hey, I, you know, I didn't have my passport, so they told me that I needed to come see you. Um, and I don't know who they is, but I did that. <laughs> That's good. I and, like that.
1: I got to write these down. Yeah. I need you. They and told me we, I need you.
2: And we, we worked it through, and, you know, I signed a bunch of forms, and I was in.
1: What's the greatest failure? What what one what one that just? You
0: know,
2: it's it's like Giannis says. There's no such thing as failure. Oh, every every step is just you know uh, you know learning to get you toward that next success.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up Giannis because I, I don't think his uh, was one that was questioned last night. But we have not played this for our audience. I'm sure you've heard it, Craig, but. I want everybody to hear this from Doc Rivers after the Bucks lost in Memphis last night, one thirteen, one ten.
4: Forty-seven seconds in, yeah it just transition. Told us, it just
0: told us where we were at. Like the uh, first play, we, we gamble for the fiftieth time
2: in the corner. Guy drives. Uh, we have to help. Leads to a three. We come back in this uh, on our set. Uh, two guys forget what we're running. Uh, then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. Um, you know, um, we we had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo.
0: What goes through your head when you hear the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks say some guys were here, some guys were in Cabo, when talking about last night's loss in Memphis?
2: I say it's great to have a coach of this kind of veteran team like Doc Rivers who's going to call stuff out, right? Like, you need a coach who is going to call things out. And I don't know that we've had that, you know, to start the year. And if this team's going to accomplish what this team should accomplish, it's going to need a level of mental focus that wasn't there last night. So uh, I was really glad to hear it after the game, having watched the game. Um, And, you know, I think we know this more than first half has not been championship level basketball. And I think it's really interesting to see in the final third of the season if we can see like we saw with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? A team that did not look championship like, that was making mistakes, that you know, had the superstar there, but you were wondering, could they get it together? I mean, can this you know, can the Bucks pull off what the Chiefs just did?
1: But isn't it Doc's job to change? Like the follow up question could have been, Well well, weren't you brought in here to change this?
2: Yeah, I mean that is that is absolutely what he's here to do, and part of that is... So the team didn't fail that, last night, he failed, early. right? Yeah. No, I mean... Of course. It, again, it, it, it is the team failing, it's him failing, it's, you know... It's the he was brought in. Failing.
1: He's brought in. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to fail for the whole season, but he's brought in to change. And this is as bad as it ever was before he got here, right? That game. Uh, That's just I mean, one game, but in this game...
0: Yeah, Otherwise, but there's the, no
1: reason to bring him in. You could have done this without changing coaches, right?
0: But so I, I guess where I'm hopeful, I'm with Craig because I'm hopeful I, the, too. But the, the more I sat on this after hearing it last night for the first time, the more I love it because him saying this was the reason why he was brought in. Yeah, well, no. Was because was to call out and hold
1: these players accountable. No, he's playing. He's brought in to change the way they play. Not he actually, I believe, was brought in because he handles press conferences way better. That's that's a personal belief that I have. I think the last guy, part of the reason he was let go, is he did not no, communicate well no, enough. No, and no, and no. but I can't I mean, prove that. But but it, 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 I mean, Doc is brought in to win to there's, change there's, their play. Yeah. Excuse me.
2: There's no. I mean, this had nothing to do with communication okay. with the media. If you're talking about why. You know why Adrian Griffin's out here. It has nothing to do with communication with the media. But if I you mean, watch so.
1: last night's game, the first thing you say is there's no reason to change a coach. You're going to play like this. Whatever Doc says after the game. Why, why would you change yeah. a coach if this is what you get?
2: And we all believe you won't right. get
1: it closer to the end of the season. But for the game right. last I mean, I think night. The
2: interesting thing would be, right, the interesting thing would be if this happens a month from now and that happens in the first few possessions – is Doc going to make changes to his rotation? Like, what, what are the levers you can pull, right? Yeah. So that you're not still doing, uh, you know, so you're not doing the same things and having, uh, you know, having the same things happen. By the way, since we're talking, Mark Cuban just walked by. As uh, we were talking, Bill Walton just walked by me. And this is a uh, pretty cool uh, scenarios that I'm here. If we were on FaceTime, you would have just seen uh, – Mark Cuban and Bill Walton just walked
1: by. Wait, so you're, in Indianapolis. Assuming, yeah, you're in Indianapolis. You've got to go to Bobby Plump's bar, of course, the originator of Hoosiers. Give you a tip there. Last shot, Bobby Plump. Uh, my assumption. Wait, is so
0: that's Bobby Plump is Jimmy Chitwood?
1: He was the, re- the real Jimmy Chitwood. Okay. Yeah. Um, but and the best part is, is, is no one will be there. So even now with the All Star game, I think it'll still be empty. <laughs> that's Carno. I want Mo to go to see if it's empty all the time. Yes, legendary.
2: Um, I did not do that. I did go to uh, the Vogue Theater. Do you know where that is, Homer?
1: I do not, no. Uh,
2: Historic Vogue Theater in Indianapolis last night. We had a, a podcast that's now available on ESPN Podcast, wow. uh, the Woj Pod, with um, Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill, which I don't know if you, I, you know, I don't know the Bucks fans have seen enough of Tyrese Halliburton, <laughs> you know, in the first half of the year playing five times, but... Oshkosh's own. Uh, he, yes, so he actually, one of his great lines last night, he said that, you know, if he plays 65 games, you know, and can qualify for all NBA, he gets $40 million more on his Super Max deal. And he said, he's like, you know, people may think, like, I'm greedy. Like, why does he need $40 million more? He's like, but I'm a kid from Oshkosh. I could buy Oshkosh with $40 million. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oshkosh North. I think, yes, I did an event for a high school there and. And uh, they're very proud of him. He, everything I've seen, he seems spectacular in every way. Is that, would you have that insane impression?
2: Or You've got to listen to the podcast, hopefully okay. You'll come away thinking, like, you know, because he's also not like, you know, whatever the criticisms are of, like, Russell Wilson or certain people where they're so vanilla. Like, he's so smart, but he's also so genuine. And, you know, one of the questions was, like, so do you just pinch yourself when you wake up in the morning after signing your Supermax deal? And he's like, you know what? When you sign a super max deal, you wake up in the afternoon the next day, and you just or- <laughs> he's like, and you order and you order IVs and you order IVs right away. Um, so he he was just fantastic. He committed that he's going to be a pacer for life, and you know, and, and then Grant Hill joined, who's the um, who runs the USA basketball, you know, and so it was really interesting conversation with Woj and the two of them. Which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the Woj Pod.
0: Yeah, I mean Tyrese Alliburton's an interesting one, just because he's killed the Bucks. It's almost a little like Jimmy Butler, right? Like Marquette people, I feel if you're a Marquette fan and a Bucks fan, like you love Jimmy, but also hate Jimmy because he's killed the Bucks, especially last year in the playoffs. And that's kind of the same way where I feel in Wisconsin we're so proud of our own, especially when they make it the way that Tyrese has made it. But now he's killing the Bucks, and I hate it. I don't. Did anybody think he would be this good? No.
2: No, no. I mean, no one. He's one of those like Chris Middleton, like where every step along the way, people thought he was good, but not that good, and he has just exceeded. Yeah, he treats the NBA like the Big Twelve. I mean, he was. I mean, even coming into the league, he ended up dropping. You know, the day of the draft, and like ultimately, then people were like, you know, I guess no one wants to make him the face of their franchise, and obviously, he then gets traded. Yep. which is so rare, right, for someone that good. But it's also, you know, seen as the best win-win trade maybe in NBA history where Sabonis is leading the league in triple-doubles and De'Aaron Fox is, you know, is great at running a team and so is Tyrese Halliburton great at running a team and those guys are just better apart, whereas, you know, Jermaine O'Neal is as Jermaine O'Neal. That, that was a <laughs> uh, mild... Uh, Miles Turner Miles <laughs> Turner is way better without DeMontas Savonis, right? So it's one of those like ultimate win-win trades.
1: Yeah, so is he going to be the greatest Wisconsin player in the NBA? Ooh.
2: You're saying best player ever from the state of Wisconsin?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm probably forgetting people, but I don't He's going to be the highest paid. Well, yeah, that, that,
0: so that's that's that without that a does, doubt. That doesn't count. Uh, that uh, 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 give me saying... a s- Give Nick me a second. I'll think.
2: Latrell Sprewell.
0: Yeah, Spree, Nick Van Exel, Devin Harris, Devin Harris, Devin West Matthews, Wes. Right, but I mean those guys are really good, especially like Devin and West. They they lasted in the league for a long time, but they haven't even reached the heights well, that uh, right. That, that he Tyrese might already has. be at a level. Like Devin was higher. an All Star. Devin
2: what? was an All Star, but he was never All NBA. Yeah, Devin made it to be an All Star, but he was never All NBA. Mm-hmm. And Tyrese Halliburton is the leading vote getter. You
0: know, in the All-Star game. Yeah,
1: he's, he's above everything. He's already done something they've never done.
0: Yeah, Craig, we appreciate it. You enjoy your time in Indianapolis for the All-Star festivities this weekend. Yeah, thanks, guys. Craig Carmerson joins us every Friday. Usually it's right about now at 7.30, but he had some obligations. I, he had to I got to the morning. impression he's left.
1: Or, or he's, he's leaving. Leaving?
0: He I don't know.
1: You never know. Uh, was that things, an excuse huh? just to not go, go to Bobby Plump's last shot? I missed it.
0: Oh, well, so usually we talk to Jason at that time, and then we talk to Craig now, but Jason will We'll get some Packers talk in. Coming up next, Jen Gaby
4: Chewy. Ready, down, oh. put, 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 put. All Packers, all the time. have come light years in the last two months and people should be over the moon excited about that okay most of the time almonds specifically or all nuts well these nuts those nuts whatever nuts work (laughs) it's jason on jen gave and chew brought to you by boucher automotive with 16 different new car
1: brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from boucher automotive we are driven by
4: you
0: he is our friend. He is our teammate. He is Jason Willie. He joins us three times a week here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Jason, thank you for you know being versatile and switching up your time with us on this Friday. Good morning to you.
4: Uh, so this is a Dude Friday with Gabe and a really old dude. The GOAT of Wisconsin sports talk history, right? That's You're the best, 291. I'm not the best. You are, though. Thank you. Uh,
0: what a what a what a fun
4: game! Do you know
1: what 291 what is?
0: I'm assuming it. his high score in bowling.
1: Yes, and it is the yeah, but Gabe, difficult Gabe, or most it's, difficult it's, it's, score it's, it's, ever to get. 292, it's, it's, 292 is tougher, I was told, and I think that's right. But
4: think think about this, Gabe. So you're bowling with the opportunity for a 300, <laughs> 11 strikes in a row. Yep. You're you're 14 years old. This is your moment of glory. One more strike and you man- managed manage to create perfection on the lanes of red carpet west on seventy sixth and Now Oklahoma. we're talking. Yeah. And you and you and you and you uh whack your right leg as you're delivering the oh, ball no. at the foul line and it skitters across toward the right gutter and just before it falls off for a two ninety it catches Ten pin on the right, yep. I think, uh, and you end up with a two ninety one. So you're you're that close to perfection, and instead, it is one of the greatest chokes. Depends uh, how you look at history. it. So I appreciate the goat bringing it up every time I call him the goat. All right, what do we got, guys?
0: Wait, I, I mean, I've got follow up questions. Go ahead, when, sir. When's the last time you bowled?
4: Uh The girls uh, have had a couple of. Uh, Bowling parties, there's been a couple times when we've gone out and bowled. I did during my very impressive, though brief, one year at ESPN.com, the big ESPN.com, which I am very thankful to Craig, who was essentially my agent that got me that gig. But the fact that they signed me to a one plus one contract, so it was one year with an option for a second, and they hired me on a day that they let 300 people go. I didn't like the chances of Domovsky and I being a tag team for super long, but they did have their summit every year uh, right before the draft. And they would do the mock draft on TV and they would get all the writers together. So I went to Bristol. It's the only time I've been there and they had us all go out and go bowling. And I, I mean, I don't know if this is something that makes me cool or makes me a dork, but I won. I beat all the other beat writers and all the editors. I threw, a, like, a 215 or something like that. So that was, uh, besides 291, that's probably my greatest achievement. So it's still
0: in there, you know, dormant somewhere, and after your girls get out of, you know, high school and go on to college and you and Paul are empty nesters, then you can start running the lanes <laughs> up there in Green Bay, right?
4: <laughs> join a. Uh, uh yeah, a co ed couples league. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh Jason, when when you take a look at the combine, like what What do you think is the biggest thing for the Packers at the Combine? Because I feel like it's changed so much. Really, starting with the pandemic, I feel a lot of the information you get there in terms of the drills that the players do. Uh, Matt LaFleur is presumably not going and the the coaching staff not going once again this year. What's the biggest thing that they can accomplish
4: in a couple of weeks at the Combine? Yeah, I was I've been told that they are they are not going again. Uh and I, I think it's more than just the uh Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur crew that is uh giving I don't understand that. Like uh I mean if he's if, if if it allows the coaches to spend more time with their families and see their kids playing sports and that kind of thing, you know that I'm all in favor of that. What I don't understand is that the scouting combine unofficially is really the the soft launch of the new season, right? And I feel like it's also where there's a a connectivity. I know, I know I've you know I went for the first twenty some years that I covered the team, and then I've gone kind of sporadically before uh, the pandemic. I have not gone uh, the last couple of years, but I think it's fascinating because it it is kind of also where you make connections. Like there's so many instances where. You know, like Matt Lafleur said when he hired Nathaniel Hackett, that um, on that first staff, that they had never worked together. and you didn't really know him very well, but they had, you know, crossed paths a bunch of times at the scouting combine, and I'm sure they were out, you know, drinking adult beverages till the wee hours of the morning once or twice. And so, I'm a little surprised that that a head coach wouldn't go still, even if, you know, even if the GMs and the scouts are the ones who. Uh, make the personnel decisions, and and I, I I will say this, and and I don't have any concrete evidence to back it up, but I I have long gotten the feeling that the that Brian Gutekunst and the scouting staff don't have a whole lot of interest in input from the coaches. Uh, I just don't think that that's what they prefer uh, in their process. So maybe that's another reason why they've kind of decided. Well, there's no real point in going. We can more time with our families and our, our input is not all that uh, welcomed or vital.
1: Or haven't they done pretty well drafting, not
3: going?
4: I mean, last, I think last year was the first year where they could have all gone and didn't uh, by choice. Um, You know, obviously the pandemic hit right after the 2020 combine, if you remember. So 21 and 22, I think 21, I'll have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure he went back after the combine or after the pandemic. And then, you know, I think it was either McVay or Shanahan who kind of started this trend toward coaches not going.
0: So I've always looked at this as me then raising questions about the collaborative efforts of those two when Mm -hmm. it comes to roster building. Is this just, no big deal, or does this actually point towards I mean, I don't want to say there's a rift because I don't think there necessarily is Yeah, Rift
4: is too strong. I, yeah, but, Rift is probably too strong.
0: But I, I think that there is an element of this is my
4: job, that's your job. Mm-hmm. I I agree. That's how I view it. Now, you know, whether or not LaFleur or Goody would uh admit to that publicly, I, I don't know. I don't think so. But, like, again, I, and I think this is a function, and, and this is a good thing, right, the fact that they turned the season around and they had so much success and Jordan proved that he's the guy and all those young receivers figured it out. But if, if you don't think that somewhere in Matt LaFleur, the recesses of Matt LaFleur's brain, he wasn't thinking, God, dang it, could you have made it any harder? We got no veterans at any of the pass-catching positions other than Josiah DeGuara, who's not really a tight end. He's a fullback. No tight ends with experience. No wide receivers with meaningful experience. No wonder we're two and five, right? Like there's Even if he didn't vocalize that, maybe he vocalized it to a buddy over a glass of wine or to his wife or whatever it might be, He never complained about it publicly, but I do think that it was challenging, and I don't think it's as collaborative uh, of a process as you would like. Now, one of our callers months and months and months and months ago, back when they were struggling, I thought had a really good analogy about how – because Homer's right. like they, They had plenty of success with last year's draft, and all those guys had a play, and all of them had varying degrees of success, so it was a good draft. We'll see what kind of second-year leaps they do, but it worked. But the, the analogy, and you know Tausch loves analogies, and he really loved this one from our caller, was that it's like stocking a grocery store. And while Ted at wide receiver and tight end might have stocked the shelves consistently, Goody kind of stocked the shelves because a hurricane was coming and he knew there was going to be, you know, uh, a demand. So it was like a, a, a hurried sudden the shelves had been empty. And now suddenly he filled the shelves with pass catchers. And I do think that first of all, from a contract, and I asked Goody about this in his post-season press conference, from a contractual standpoint, you would actually like these guys to be staggered more, right? So they're not all going to be free agents in back-to-back years. But to me, this is one of the examples that kind of speaks to the, and I don't want to say disconnect or rift, but the you do your job, I'll do mine. I think there was probably some real frustration on that coaching staff with how many young guys they were having to try and figure out how to make them most successful. And on the flip side, I'm sure, because this is how GMs, including Ron Wolf, my, my good friend who I love dearly. This is how, this is how scouts think. Well, I, this guy's good. I picked him. I scouted him. The coaches clearly aren't either coaching him up to help him develop or they're using him wrong, right? I mean, that's how scouts think. And so it's great that it ended up in the end that both of the, the, both of their jobs turned out that they did their jobs well. But there are plenty of examples throughout NFL history where that kind of stuff spirals and you don't have success and things get pretty challenging.
0: Uh, before you ask a question, Homer, I just want to give a quick update because uh, we we are getting to crunch time for Jen Latta making her connection flight to Cabo. A couple of um, conflicting reports for people who are tracking Jen's plane. Uh, Don saying the plane was at the gate 17 minutes early. Brian in the Shaw just a minute later saying the flight landed 10 minutes ago, still taxiing to the gate. We did get a text update from Jen saying that the gate had changed. She had sent us a screenshot, a video screenshot of the plan that she had to get to her terminal, uh, however, ended up um changing gates. So I don't know what that's going to do, but we are getting a crunch time in terms of the doors closing on that flight Whoa. she's supposed to get on. Uh so we will continue to update everybody on whether or not she makes her flight maybe even be joined by Jen herself if um if if she you know doesn't. if she does not make it. I mean, flight. we all
1: agree like she's not making it. Like it would be even a greater shock now if she made it.
0: Uh correct. Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. So we're not anticipating on her making that flight. Uh, I'm sorry, Homer. If you had a question for our guest, you, you may continue. I no, I, that, it no. The question
1: okay. is the relationship between GMs and coaches. I don't I don't know if this one's better or worse. I mean, they, they right. the GMs. I mean, I don't know that that uh, how Holmgren got along with Wolf. I so I don't. How do you to me judge it compared to what the situation is? It, I can see all coaches are mad when they don't like the players. Well, Lafleur's got to feel a little bit better now. So I don't. Is yeah, it no? No doubt he does. What's I, the look, Is I'm it good not, or bad compared to others around yeah, the league? As
4: as, as conversations often often go on radio programs, which is one of my many frustrations with how things then go viral and things get taken out of context, etc. Is that you know, this is not a uh, Matt LaFleur and Brian Gudekens don't get along and the Packers won in spite of them not liking each other type of story here. But when we're talking about kind of logistics of the combine and logistics of how they uh, draft players, um, I I, I think it's my job to try and accurately depict uh, how they function. And I think it's fair to say that, uh, while maybe other coaches uh, or other GMs uh, took input from coaches, generally speaking, coaches' input is pretty low on the on the priority list compared to scouts. and that's for virtually every GM. So I don't think that that is an anomaly. What I'm saying is is that when things aren't going well, there can certainly be frustrations on both sides, and I think there was of the GM feeling like the coaches weren't because look after the season turned out the way it did. There's all kinds of praise from Goody publicly of LaFleur right. and the coaches. Right. But you know, it was more kind of a faith and hope when they were two and five and he traded away Russell Douglas at the trade deadline because he didn't think there were contenders um, and saying, you know, I believe in the coaches, I believe they'll get these guys going. well, that, but underneath that is, they haven't done it yet right because i believe they will um so again i don't i don't want this to turn into some sort of big drama about the gm and the head coach but i would also say this i also think once again there are some reasons to wonder if the way they chose to structure things contributes to this, right? Well, yeah, but that part,
1: Jason, that part is the GM. The guy who should be mad there is Goody because he can't fire the coach, as most GMs can. He's the one guy who should be mad all the time, I think, would be Goody. Because if LaFleur was a bad coach, sucks for you, buddy. You're not
0: making that decision here. But the the reason why I think this is relevant today is because they hired a new defensive coordinator, and you're going through some schematic changes. And I understand everybody plays nickel and all these, but it's, it's different. So whether or not, you know, I'm just curious of how functional the relationship is between coaches and front office, because it seems like a collaborative effort knowing the type of player that works best in Jeff Halfley's system would be of, of importance because of the change at D.C.
4: Yeah, it's a really good question. And maybe, maybe their experience, like, remember, nothing is static, right? And so... Maybe their experience from last year and the change in defensive coordinator, perhaps that leads to more collaboration this time around. And Lafleur doesn't have to go to the combine for that collaboration to occur. Mm -hmm. We all agree on that. So maybe, maybe there were lessons learned. I mean, maybe after they had success, maybe it caused them to stop and say, hey, you know what, we can do a better job of bringing the coaches in on these conversations. I I don't know that. Goody talks at the combine. It starts on the 26th. I think he's talking the Tuesday of the week. So I don't know if that's 27th. Um, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but the bottom line is uh, you're, you're a million percent right that the change in defensive coordinator, while this is nowhere near as drastic as the hiring of Dom capers and Ted going out, and drafting the two most important positions in a 3-4, a nose tackle and an edge rusher in B.J. Raji at 9 and Clay Matthews at 26, there are some differences, and that does have to be part of the discussion.
0: Jason, we certainly appreciate the time. I know you're not going to be on Wildey and Touch today, so we appreciate you jumping on with us this morning. Enjoy however you're spending the rest of your day.
4: I'm headed to Cabo. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. Yeah.
0: Jason, Jen, and potentially some Bucks players will hear that clip. Plus, give you an update on Jen Latta. Did she make her flights? I guess we'll find out together next. This is Jen Gabe and Chewy. You can answer the question. What's the question? Uh, Can the Packers win without Aaron Jones on Sunday? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Will you stop? (laughs) You know what he is? He's, jumping He's like the little devil on the <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> on 94.5 ESPN. You know how much I love Bunzel's Meat Market, 90th and Burleigh in Milwaukee. They've got great weekly specials. Always, don't forget, they always have their monthly meat deal. Just twenty dollars and twenty four cents. But this week, some great specials at Bunzel's on Ninetieth and Burleigh as well. You can swing by and pick up hand cut Atlantic salmon fillets, just nine ninety nine a pound. May have to do that, especially uh, with Lent now in full swing. Need some fish for Friday nights. Stuffed chicken breasts are five ninety nine a pound stinging honey marinated boneless chicken thighs are $5.49 a pound. Stuffed boneless pork chops, $4.99 a pound. You can also stop in for a fantastic lunch from the deli at Bunzel's, 90th and Berlay. You won't regret it. They'll have some lent-friendly options. Typically when I go there, I like to get the roast beef sandwich if I'm eating lunch at Bunzel's, but a great deli counter where you can pick up lunch as well. Check out Bunzel's.com for specials, store hours, and more. This month's so Jen's flight is scheduled to leave in three minutes. We have not received a text from her, which makes me a little nervous. Because by now, the the, the gates are closed. The doors uh-huh. are shut. And if she was sitting with her butt on a seat in the inside that plane...
3: You could send a text.
0: She, yeah.
1: we, no, she's battling. She's ba- I believe she's battling to get on. With the gate agents? Yes, she's a VIP. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever won one of those battles? Uh, I've never
3: been a VIP to know, but if you're (laughs) high enough on the food chain. I think people have. I've seen people say they have won those, but most often not. Yes. Because, I mean, it's security concerns. It's all types of things. It's it's more than – sometimes it's just the mood of the person. Do they feel like it that day or not? So that's
0: where, again, that's – Yeah, that's a dangerous game. That's a dangerous game to play. Dangerous game to play. We'll see if Jen made her flight – We've got to take a break. We'll be back in two minutes. Our number two plus, Homer and I, are going to talk about Doc Rivers' comments after last night's Bucks loss, heading into the All Star break. It's all two minutes away. I'm Jen Gabe, and Chewy.